Hello, this is Jeremy here, back with another recording on uh, personal development, spiritual awakening, consciousness, all that good stuff. Um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about suffering. Uh, we all experience suffering. Um, we don't really like it. So what is it all about? Why, why, is, why does this whole suffering thing keep happening? And what can we do about it? <clears throat> and I guess I wanted to start it here with just kind of bringing it back to... Um, sort of the say the, the fundamentals right and if you didn't listen to some of the earlier recordings I'll catch you up uh, we found out that uh, we live in a dream our whole life is a dream and uh, we created it and uh, we also projected this um, person mind <laughs> inside of the dream to have a certain experience so it's all this big hide-and-go-seek game that we play uh, which comes from the desire to create desire uh, desire to create out of love and um, to just have experiences and to just be infinite. Um, but so we have to understand everything within that context. So what we did in an earlier part of the dream is that we had to uh, trick ourselves into believing that we were this uh, little character that's going around and thinking things and saying things in order to have this unique experience. So throughout that process, um, there were many different things that occurred that uh, basically tricked you into believing that you were actually this like this like body that uh, that you constantly are seeing in the forefront of your visual field, and that you that and then that the uh, the thoughts that are kind of arising, you know, the little voice that you hear talking, you also had to think that was you, and and you also had to to believe that you had to believe a whole bunch of really kind of annoying things <laughs> in order to have that experience. Um, <clears throat> and uh, none of that is true. Uh, however, all that happened so that you could have this more individual experience and then slowly remember, remember, remember that all that stuff is BS and then you come back to this much more unlimited uh, experience. So that's kind of the, the game that we're playing. So we have to see it in that context. And uh, it's actually quite funny when you when you break down even some of these past experiences because um, another way of looking at the dream is um, is looking at it from a very first person, um, very uh, direct perspective. And uh, you can kind of break down that all of the complexity of your life, everything that seemed so complicated, um, and, and all of the things that you see and you learned and you read about, wow, so many ideas, so much complexity. There's, there's social structures, political structures, there's, um, you know, psychology, there's like history, there's endless types of of complex ideas there's there's people in your life that you that you resent that hurt you there's the way to be in a good relationship and there there's just life has a lot you know there's a lot to learn about the external world of life you know there's a lot happening and even the internal world right of your thoughts and beliefs there's a lot out there uh, but if you really break it down it's actually quite funny to think about it this way um, there's really only six things that have ever that you've ever actually experienced um, those things being one seeing right visual stimuli right basically lights and colors uh, two hearing so auditory uh, stimuli right sounds and hearing stuff uh, smelling um, you know smell good pie smell someone farting it's all it's all smell um, <laughs> and then there's been taste 
um, touch, right? So physical sensations. You sit on a chair, you feel, it feels like there's some tingling feeling on some weight on your butt. Uh, some punches in you in the face, pretty unpleasant physical sensations, but it's still just physical sensation. Um, so there's those five senses, right? Um, sight, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, five senses. Um, and then there's thoughts, right? So thoughts are not one of the those five senses. It's it's a different phenomenon. And thoughts can be experienced as um, yeah either like, yeah, it's basically just a, kind of a voice talking in your head all the time, never shuts up. Um, and then I guess you could say there's also emotions, uh, but I don't really include emotions because emotions are just kind of a combination of thought and physical sensation when you think about it. Uh, I had one teacher describe emotions as basically just a juicy thought because <laughs> it's a thought that basically you either really like so you grasp, you grasp onto or a thought that you really don't like so you try to push it away, um, which is just another thought, right? You have a thought and then you're like, I don't like that thought, which is another thought, and then you push it away, create some uh, unpleasant physical sensations, and then uh, you call it an emotion. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we got the five senses and thoughts. And if you really break it down, that's all you've ever experienced in your whole life has just been a collection of these five senses and then some thoughts that have arisen. And that's that's all that ever happened from, from birth to death. That's all that ever happened. Um, some sounds came up, some sights, some visual, some visuals came up, some tastes, some smells, and some thoughts. And then you die. <laughs> and then you start all over again. Um, so when you break it down that way, um, it actually becomes a lot more uh, simplified, and you can look at um, different, and that's you know that that's that's the truth, right? I mean, it's hard to deny that in your direct experience. So that's all that that ever happened. Um, however, so so that's like kind of that subjective point of view. Um, so it's actually quite funny to look back at some of your past experiences through that lens, right? Let's say you got into like a huge fight uh, with someone at school, and they were they were yelling at you or maybe some teacher was, was yelling at you, and then uh, you felt really bad about yourself, and then you felt like, oh my God, I'm not good enough, or they blame me for this, or you hold resentment, and then there's this whole thing. Um, and if you break that whole experience down, what actually happened? There were some, there was visual stimuli, right? Some colors and shapes, uh, which you identified, which you labeled as a teacher, another person that's yelling at me, right? A me that someone's being yelled at. And then there were some sounds, right? The, the sounds of the person's voice that was talking. Um, but all that really happened is that someone that you, that there was the experience of seeing lights and colors and some sounds. And then you made up the rest. You made up this whole narrative of there's this other person out there and they and I'm this person over here, and they're yelling at me, at me. That means this, this, and that, and this, this, and that. But really, there was no other person. There was no you. All you, all that was experienced was there was seeing, and then there was hearing. That's all that really happened. You, you kind of made up the rest <laughs> as a story. So really, we can break down um, almost any experience down to just a collection of. Uh, physical sensations and thoughts, and um, and we and realize that that from the the ego perspective, we actually never had any control over that anyway, right? It was all like, did you like make a conscious decision for this um, color and shape of a of another like uh, some form to arise that has sounds that you associate with it, um, and 
have this whole experience and then have thoughts arise afterwards saying, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, this means I'm bad. Oh, this means that I'm not smart. Oh, this means this. No, even those thoughts that arisen, you didn't generate those thoughts either. Those also came came about um, just on their own. And this is actually something shocking to realize that you can that you can realize in meditation uh, just by observing. I'm just just by sitting there and observing your thoughts and what's going on. And uh, something quite shocking that uh, seems obvious you can realize is that you actually have no control over what thoughts arise. Um, it sounds again, it sounds kind of obvious. But it's actually quite shocking when you when you really see it and you you sit down and you're like you know what I'm not going to think for a while. You're not capable of doing that. The thoughts just continue to come whether or not you want them to. <laughs> um, and it just it just so happens that some of those so even even the thoughts that are self-referential, which means the the thoughts that basically have an I in them, right? They have this like pronoun I, like I want to go to the beach today. I don't like this. I like that. I should have done this, he should have done that, or I should have done that, right? Even the ones that have an I associated with it, those also, like, who's saying that? Who's saying, I, I want this? You're not saying that. That that thought just arose. You, you had no control over that. Um, so, basically, we've just had these five senses and then these thoughts randomly arising in our field of awareness, and uh, that's kind of all that's ever happened. Um, so basically, in this sort of the next part of the journey, which you're probably in uh, if you're listening to this message, it's about uh, deconstructing all the lies basically that we believed, right? So all these stories that we created along the way and we believed them. And again, it's not like don't think of it as some like evil plot that happened to you, right? It's it's not really the right way to to have it. We that all those all these lies were believed to have this more limited experience and then enjoy the more unlimited experience that much more. Um, but now that we're kind of a little bit more aware, perhaps, and we're starting to see through some of these, uh, <laughs> some of the glitches, it's time to um, perhaps take a deeper look at some of these lies. And, that now, and now instead of life, um, or you could say you, right? I, it's troublesome when I use the word you. Cause sometimes I, I want to use the word you, referring to you as like the creator, right? The most depth part of your experience because I want, I want the person listening to this to continually identify with that deeper um, creator identity, not like the little ego identity. Um, so just keep that in mind when I use the word you. I'll try to use the word you when I refer to that and use the word the ego when I talk about the little you, like the little voice in your head, but I kind of use them interchangeably anyway. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, so in the first part, the function of uh, the reason you created all of these scenarios that would trick you, basically kind of trick yourself into believing these various lies is to have that limited experience. And now um, it's time to kind of undo those. So while at first it was kind of, it was helping to perpetuate the dream. Um, now, for whatever reason, you're at a point where you decided, um, okay, now's the part, now's the, now's the fun part, frankly, even though it's not always fun in the beginning, but it, we're moving into the fun part. We're moving into the fun part now where um, I, I, rem I remember that all these things that I created were, were all lies. I remember more of who I am and I uh, get to have this much more expanded experience of the dream and uh, eventually wake up from it. So um, how do you do that? Well, you as the ego don't really do anything. Um, the thing is, 
the the expanded deeper part of you already knows all the lies because it created all of them so it's naturally going to take you through all of the different it, it's going um, it, to and it, so it, it knows all the lies that you're believing right and that's what um, basically suffering is suffering is was created by you believing all these things all these lies all these things that aren't true um, so and it, it knows which lies it had you believe and which ones were the most damaging to, you could say damaging uh, the most limiting let's say causing the most suffering causing the most pain causing the most um, really keeping this whole limited human experience in check um, so you don't really have to do much it, it's naturally going to start presenting you with scenarios that will help you um, recognize what what the lies are and you just have to kind of um, approach those with a with a certain with that mindset, right? Approach these scenarios as, hey, this is not something bad happening to me. My life is not going to shit. This is just another scenario that's reminding me how to uh, break out of uh, these these limitations and and these lies, um, because, you know, basically they were created by you um, by making up all these stories about the physical senses and thoughts that were arising in your awareness, and now you're moving. Uh, back out of that more limited experience. So the thing is, you can't just um, pretend. You can't just like look at all these scenarios and be like, "Oh, this is, like so, let's say something um, crazy is happening to you." Very unlikely that right off the bat you'd be like, "Oh, that's just sounds and and uh, colors." So no worries, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. You've you've been believing in the dream for way too long. Um, it's still going. To, it's going to take a while to slowly. Um, realize each layer of it and, and it's remember this thing is infinitely intelligent I mean even this whole the whole scenario of someone yelling at you you it's 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 so beautifully orchestrated um, that like it's it actually seems like like the, the, the sounds that you hear and, the, and like so look at the like imagine the person yelling at you their mouth is moving and then you're hearing sounds and you equate that the sound is coming from this person's mouth into your ear but like all of that is made up. <laughs> you're the you're actually the seeing and the hearing are not. I mean, they're synchronized. They're perfectly synchronized to give you that experience. Just like there are uh, the sound in a movie is synchronized with the people's talking. Right? If it was even off by a quarter of a second, then you would immediately the movie wouldn't really work very well. Right? You wouldn't kind of go into that. Uh, trance state. Sorry, there are these crazy ducks that are going nuts on me. I think they agree with what I'm saying. Wow, it's so realistic. <laughs> um, so just like a movie, if the sound of the movie is even a second off of the visuals, the whole experience will fall apart, right? Because you'll, you won't really believe, like, because that's kind of what happens in a movie. You have this moment where you sort of, you like kind of forget yourself and you get sucked into it. Um, and it kind of becomes your new, it kind of replaces your the movie screen that you're normally looking at, even though you're always looking at a movie screen. Now you're looking at a movie screen within a movie screen. Um, so it was even off by a little bit. You would, it, it wouldn't work, right? So this thing has to be perfectly synchronized. So similarly, in your dream, there's sounds and visuals that don't aren't necessarily correlated, but they're so perfectly synchronized that they get correlated in your mind. But either way, what I'm saying is, you're not going to be able to right off the bat just kind of like boom okay I see through all of this so easy boom you know so what happens is various scenarios get presented 
um at at different points to slowly deconstruct the various illusions that you were that were created um it could start with some more basic ones like like uh money or or um the or the job that you're in or a relationship you're in but um over time you have to understand that that's kind of the purpose behind it and it's not like something bad that's happening to you so um what to do when one of these uh, scenarios arise. And this is sort of a little bit of an add-on to um, sort of the last uh, recording that I did, but I'm gonna get a little bit more specific here on, on the things that you can do. So um, first, when something arises, like let's say, um, <laughs> here, here's like a common one, something, something like uh, triggers you, right? Uh, let's say you're, you're scrolling through Facebook and you see a picture of your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend um, you know, with, with some new person, you know, you're, you're automatically going to be triggered. Now the initial reaction is to get away from that feeling, right? Uh Oh, <laughs> you know, I have this heavy emotion arising, right? So it kind of, it's sort of this succession that happens. Like first you believe something, right? You see this, you believe that it's real and you believe that like this actually means there's some other person out there that is my ex or, or ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend they're with this other another person and um that and then and then so that's that's the first thing first you're believing that all of this is real second you're drawing a conclusion about this scenario and about yourself so first you believe yes there actually are two other people out there somewhere that are having this relationship gallivanting around on the beach and having a good time and and uh and i'm not so first you believe that second as a result a heavy emotion arises um that uh well actually even probably even before that there's actually a belief it's not like it's an order thing right but there's already a belief there that when you see that it means something about you right so this girlfriend you know used to be with you made you feel special made you feel important made you feel needed made you feel validated gave you a sense of purpose etc now she's off with this other guy so what does that mean about you right so then you you interpret you make a story about it so the story is like oh my god i'm not, I'm not special i'm not good enough i'm um this guy she thinks this other guy is better than me that means that i'm piece of shit and that I'm not worthy and that I have no sense of purpose and that, um, you know, it's just basically you, you draw all these conclusions about what it means about you when it really has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Even if you did believe in the dream, it has nothing to do with you. It just means that, hey, this, uh, these other two people met and they're in a relationship. You don't even know if their relationship is good, you know? <laughs> in fact, there's a good chance that this ex is probably playing out a similar pattern um, to whatever played out with you. So um, even if you did believe in believe in the dream scenario was real, um, you know there, there's no reason to, to draw all these conclusions about what it means about you. Um, so thirdly, a, a heavy emotion will arise. Um, you know it could be uh, some anger would be likely in this case, right? And, and you, you you feel the anger towards the ex, but really the anger is is towards yourself, right? Because you feel angry that um, someone else thinks that, uh, that that this ex thinks somebody else is better than you. Right, so that hurts your your ego. It hurts your sense of self. So you're really feeling angry about your own sense of self being injured. Um, so then, as soon as so all of that, you don't have much control over, unfortunately, right? So that that's kind of the baseline. That's where it starts. There's there's not much you can do about that. You believe you've been believing in the dream for far too long. Um, so that's kind of just going to happen automatically. But um, 
this is the space where you have some power. So you also have like a, a program that sort of protects you um, from um, seeing through the dream and, and healing and, and letting go of these lies. Uh, that program goes something like this. If feeling negative emotion, then run like hell. You know, so basically as soon as you feel this anger, this sadness, uh, this emotion that ar arose out of the belief and the, and the scenario, you immediately run away. Um, the way you run away varies. Um, pe everyone has their own methods of running away. Some of them may even seem really healthy and productive like mine were. Um, so you could do something like um, going on going on a run, go just like hitting the gym really hard. Um, you could, you know, uh, or you could just go like could be going to smoke a cigarette. You could be um, all of a sudden you feel hungry. What a coincidence. Isn't it a coincidence that we always feel hungry? when there's something that we don't want to deal with, whether it's whether it's work or a negative emotion, all of a sudden you feel hungry and then you, you want to go to, um, you walk over to the fridge to, to take a little little peek. Um, it could be, you know, sinking yourself into work, right? Oh my God, or like doing, immediately thinking, oh, I got, I got all these things on my to-do list. Oh, I got to do these things on my to-do list. And you just, you sink into your to-do list or you just put it aside, right? Um, there's a million different ways that we do it, right? This, and of course, there's, there's, uh, you know, oh, I'm just gonna forget about this and watch TV or, or check my phone or, um, I gotta check my phone. I gotta check Facebook. I gotta check, 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 check. Gotta always be checking. Always be checking. You know, like all these little things. They're all ways that we escape this negative emotion, and that's a protection. That's a protection that keeps uh, the dream in place to ensure that we don't really see what's what's going on. So that's kind of the first thing we gotta we gotta know is, is really get to know some of these uh, diversions really well. Um, these are the diversions that keep us away from seeing what's what's really going on beneath the hood. Because um, really that's what we need. We need to be like sort of an investigator and figure out what's really happening here instead of just uh, you know running away from it. So get to know your diversions really good, whether it's um, sinking into exercising or working or um, going to hit the fridge, watching some TV, checking your phone, whatever it may be, there's a million of them. Calling somebody, you know, <laughs> that's one that I do a lot, like I'm feeling bad, so I'll call someone. And on the surface it sounds like, oh sure, he just needs support, but like really, you could call someone, but like first, first, first uh, give yourself some time to like feel what's going on before you just immediately call someone to escape what's happening. So um, there's lots of ways that we, we use these diversions, so we gotta become more aware of those first off the bat. Um, so that's the key. And, and, and the, in fact, once you kind of actually realize that there's a negative emotion happening, um, you've already pretty much won the battle, right? Because you've already, you've already identified, because that's, that's usually what happens. When, when one of these things happens, we get hijacked. You know, it's almost like our brain gets hijacked and we're just completely unconscious, especially um, because oftentimes like when we're triggered, it's not just scrolling through Facebook, but it's something somebody else says, right? And then we're, we're actively in this interaction with um, an, another person, or it seems so, and uh, you know we just start blurting things out unconsciously, and then later we regret them. And we're like, and it almost feels like, God, who said that? Who was that? Right? It's like because we just, we our mind gets so hijacked. So um, you know, one thing that can obviously help with this over time is meditation. You kind of it kind of slows things down a little bit. <laughs> it's almost like we're we're always driving this car that has no brakes. And uh, meditation just gives us some breaks to to push on once in a while, so that will help catch you. Uh, but even even with your meditation, you're still going to get caught off guard. The, the important things is what is is just that you have the intention to become more aware 
of when these negative emotions arise and when you're triggered. And it's not always a big blow up, right? It's not always like some huge blow, but it, there's also micro things throughout the day. It's just like, oh, you're feeling a tinge of anxiousness. or you're feeling like a, some stress and like, what, what is that really? But we don't really stop and look like what's really that that's about. We just kind of continue to move on and continue to do, 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 keep ourselves really, really busy. So we never have to look at it, never have to worry about it. Um, so instead, I suggest you slowly, uh, so that's kind of the first habit to untrain, is to untrain that immediate reaction when we're feeling even a tinge of anxiety, uh, a tinge of uh, stress, a tinge of um, sadness, anger, frustration, guilt, judgment, anything negative. That means it, it's basically the dream um, or your, your your deeper self, you could say, is trying to uh, show you something. So pay attention, <laughs> otherwise it'll just keep happening and it'll continue to annoy you. Um, so you may not be able to catch it initially right off the bat. The first time it might take, it might be hours after the thing happens before you realize what had happened. It could be days, but eventually that window will, will shrink more and more and you'll be able to catch yourself quicker and quicker. And as soon as you catch yourself, it's like boom. You've like almost already won the battle because now you can actually um, start to look into what's going on. Um, but so once you catch yourself, you still need to have a process in place um, of what to do, right? Okay, cool. I caught myself. Now what? Um, so you need to have a process that works for you to really identify what, why is this scenario arising? What, what's the symbolism behind this? What is it trying to show me? Um, and how can I stop believing it and releasing it, right? So that's, that's part of what I'm going to walk through here. Um, but I guess right off the bat, just to kind of talk about it at a bit of a meta level, even having a process that you know kind of works, it, it helps you catch these things so much earlier because over time when you build trust in, in having a process that where you can kind of um, heal these things, it'll it'll sort of allow you to catch them earlier because subconsciously you know you, you know you can deal with them and you know that you can release them so the impulse to run away won't be as strong over time um, but of course it, you have to be very patient with this you can't it takes a long time to start catching yourself you've been in this cycle for a very long time so you know you got to be uh, you got to be kind of uh, yeah gentle with yourself throughout this process because it, it does it does take patience um, similarly even just having this new framework of of this like symbolic way that when these when you're triggered part of what also causes the suffering is is kind of like what I was a little bit about what I was saying before immediately when something happens that causes us a negative emotion or suffering there's this immediate interpretation that something is wrong something is going wrong uh-oh something's wrong something's wrong right but with this new framework when you realize negative emotions is just a negative emotion, right? It's just a thought that we're that we're resisting. There's basically some thought there, right? That the girlfriend is with this other guy. I'm not good enough. Boom, there's the thought slash the belief. I don't want to believe that. Push it away, push it away, push it away. The suffering is just causing, uh, is, is always just resisting um, something that's happening in the moment, right? That's what suffering is. It's, it's resistance to what's happening right now. <laughs> you're saying something's happening and you're saying no. No, thank you. You can have that back. No, I do not, do not want this. Here you go. <laughs> or you can't even give it back, right? Because it's just there. So you're basically just running away with someone chasing after you with a bag of poop. <laughs> so that's kind of what's what's causing the suffering. It's, it's, it's you're, you're running away from something that's happening right now. So right off the bat, 
if you can if you can slowly over time reframe oh, oh okay negative emotion arises this is not something that's bad there's just a negative emotion that arises and in fact it's something that's good because it's it's giving it's show, it's it's trying to show me something it's trying to shed light on something and the thing it's shedding light on is actually going to help me experience deeper levels of joy, love, peace, freedom in the long run. And um, again, this will be developed over time once you, when you've had when you've gone through the experience a few times. But slowly, you'll you'll develop trust, and eventually, like this is, this, you know, this is like I'm not I'm not at this level by any means. But like eventually, the the goal is I like to kind of show the extreme is like the second negative emotion arises and, and people, I know people that are, are at these levels, the second a negative emotion arises, their first instinct is they start getting a bit excited. They're like, oh yes, awesome. Like another thing is coming up. You know, another thing that I get to release and I'm gonna experience even more of this like amazing freedom that I have right now. Um, you know, it's kind, it's kind of like, I like to use the analogy of, of throwing up. It's like when we have a stomach virus or something and we're, we're really sick. Um, but it's sort of this like dull ache and nausea and it's really, really annoying. Um, and then all of a sudden we start to feel even more and more and more nausea and more nausea. And then we're like, oh God, this is horrible. I need to take more Pepto-Bismol and keep this pain down and all this stuff. Um, but then, but if we don't, if we don't try to push it down, then over time we realize that, yeah, the nausea will continue to build and continue to build, but that's because it's coming up. The actual, the stuff that's causing all you all this pain is trying to come up and then um, you basically uh, throw it up and release it and then afterwards you feel so much better right so so like similarly if you've had a lot of stomach viruses I've been traveling for last year and I probably average like a stomach uh, st food poisoning once a month now when I have a stomach when I have a stomach virus and I start to feel super super nauseous, I actually get even though it's super uncomfortable, I start to get a little bit excited. I was like, okay, this is the beginning of the end, right? It's coming up. I'm gonna let it all out, and then I'm gonna feel so much better. So it's kind of like that. So people can get to that level with their emotions when they realize, uh oh, negative emotion coming up. Wait, wait a second, this is exciting. Yes, now I get to release something and feel even better and more more limitless and all that kind of stuff. So those are some um, just ways of like reframing right off the bat of when a negative emotion arises to avoid you running away immediately, right? So, so the more you train yourself, and this will happen over time as you, as you, you know, become successful in releasing these things and you see, you have to see it for yourself, right? Like just hearing, the, um, hearing my recording and, and um, might, might open the door for it, but you have to, of course, experience it yourself. Um, once you see it happening over time, you will... Um, you know, start to re retrain your relationship to these negative emotions and see them for what they really are. So, okay, negative emotion rises. Um, what what to do next? <laughs> so, um, what I like to do, and again, this is just my process. There's a million different healing processes, and it's not even my process. Like I, I've learned from many other people and sort of compiled something that works for me. Um, so you have to compile something that works for you. It takes experimentation. It takes uh, trial and error. But over time, um, you'll you'll learn what works for you. But um, basically, the first thing I do is I try to find somewhere to go where I can deal with this. Um, so if I'm like uh, ideally, like if I'm at home and you know doing that scrolling through Facebook thing and something triggers me, that's an easy one, right? Then I could just like ideally go to my room where I can be quiet, where I can be in a quiet place. I can be with myself. I can lay, I lay down in the bed, get comfortable, 
and straddle in for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes to, to do the sort of exercise to help uh, release whatever's going on here and identify what the lie is, right? Do this kind of lie detector test. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously that's not always possible. Sometimes uh, it happens when you're like mid-conversation with somebody. And uh, in that case, honestly, like nothing's, nothing's good is going to come out of that conversation at, once you're triggered. So the best thing that you can do is uh, basically kind of like exit. Try to try to gracefully as possible let the other person know that, um, you know, you're not at a point where you can continue the conversation rationally and you, you just need to table this for a moment um, and then kind of try to excuse yourself as best you can. Um, or you can just run like kind of a mini process of, that I'm going to explain in a second. You can run a mini version of it sort of in your head. But uh, ideally, you would find a somewhat quiet place, hopefully that you can lay down. If not, just sit down somewhere and uh, you can kind of do this. But, but basically, the, if you can be alone somewhere, it's better because um, I think this works best when you, when you can really express what's going on and it's not healing isn't always pretty you know it's not a pretty thing uh because it's, it's usually an aspect of like a shadow aspect of you coming out to play um, and you're not going to feel and it needs to come out right so similarly how it's not always um very sightly to be throwing up in front of a bunch of people in fact it might be difficult for you to throw up in front of people because you want to keep it down you don't want to look bad right so similarly um, you're not going to really let yourself fully go there and let everything out if there are a bunch of people around and you still have, um, you know, fears around what other people think of you and, and that kind of stuff. So ideally, you'd find some, some place where you can be alone. And then uh, the first thing to do is take your attention into the body. Um, so I, I try to feel, I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit in the last recording, but you try to feel where these, where's the emotion arising, where's the associated physical sensation, because there's almost always an associated physical sensation with uh, whatever this emotion is or this thought is, this belief is. Um, it could be a, a throbbing feeling, it could be um, a pulsing sensation, it could be a, a tingling, and usually it can show up in a, in a certain part of your body, right? Be, it might be like in your chest, it could be on in the solar plex area, it could be more in your gut, um, it could be, you know, anywhere, usually somewhere in like the, the, uh, between your, between your throat and your sacrum area. So somewhere in like your basically chest or lower belly kind of area. And, um, what I usually like to do is just kind of put two fingers on that spot as well. It just kind of keeps the attention focused on the body and focus on that spot and keeps the mind from wandering off. Cause that's another way we run away. Sometimes it's not even a physical action. A lot of the way we run away is also just by zoning out, right? That's one of the things that I would always do I zone out or daydream to just keep my mind off of it. That's like a very subtle defense mechanism, um, you know, to, to kind of keep you in this experience. Um, so basically I like to do that put a spot there, um, feel the physical sensation, and then try to feel the actual emotion as deeply as I can. And this is seems very counterintuitive, right? If you're angry and sad, why would you want to keep feeling angry and sad? And in fact, most of what we learn is positive thinking, positive, positive, positive. We got to stay positive. Oh, you, negative thought comes in? Nope, nope, not. I'm going to go positive, 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 right? But that just doesn't always work. And it usually ends up kind of suppressing things. So there's this uh, saying, you got to you got to feel it to heal it. <laughs> so that's kind of what you got to do here. So um, you got to feel whatever that sadness is or anger is fully, as fully as possible, right? Just like when you're about to throw up, you got to feel that nausea um, increase before you're able to throw it up. And there's actually a problem here because if you were actually present enough to stop and do this, 
uh, process, then probably part of the negative emotion has already subsided, right? You might not feel that anger or sadness as clearly as you did before. So um, it might be hard to, to, to kind of really feel it fully. Um, so that's where you can do another counterintuitive thing and actually actively try to ramp it up, right? I mean, remember, the whole reason this whole dream scenario came up was so that you could you know, feel, um, so you could like feel this negative emotion, release it. So there's no reason why you can't just ramp it up yourself. So um, you can just like reimagine whatever that negative situation is over and over again. You can even imagine things that didn't happen, but that are related to this. Um, you know, you can imagine, um, like with this ex-girlfriend situation, you can imagine, uh, you know, this, this, this new guy uh, with, your, with your ex or a new girl with your ex gallivanting around, uh, having these like really intimate experiences with each other and to just continue to piss you off. <laughs> or you can imagine past people um, or anything like related to that scenario that came up. Or let's say it was someone screwed you over, right? You felt like someone kind of cheated you. Just imagine every situation in your life where someone's ever cheated you or even fictional situations where a fictional person, something that didn't even happen where someone cheated you, just anything to ramp up that emotion, make you even angrier, even more sad, and um, really feeling that as deeply as possible. Um, and then uh, sort of what you want to do next is to basically give that emotion a voice. Um, because one thing is we, we assume that we only have one, there's like an us and there's like one personality, but really that's not true at all. We have, we play many different characters. <laughs> like the, the thing that you think is you, even the ego, which I mean, none of these characters are really you, but uh, you have many of the, like there are, you think that, that you're just one character. You're, the thing that you think you are is actually many characters. And you can tell this because like you act different ways, right? Like if you're talking to your parents, you put on this whole different persona than if you're talking to one of your buddies versus if you're talking to your significant other versus if you're at work, you, you just like, you put on all these different personas. So um, there's also a persona in this situation, right? Let's say it's a situation with um, being screwed over, right? So there's a person there, there's one of these characters is, is specifically the character that really doesn't like getting screwed over, really hates taking advantage of being taken advantage of. Um, and so in addition, in, in addition to feeling the emotion, let that person out, right? Don't, because a lot of times these are the things that are being triggered. These are the things that we don't like about ourselves. These are the things that were, that are on our list of things we want to improve our, our personal development list, right? This is, this is the thing that we're trying to improve. And we think that the way to improve it is just to basically get angry at ourselves every time it comes out. Right? So there's probably a lot of resentment that you hold towards this character that hates getting screwed over because you realize it's, it's coming from, or, or, or let's say the, the character that hates, that's jealous, right? that's jealous of his ex or her ex. Um, so you basically have resentment towards this character because you know being jealous isn't good, right? That's, that's a character flaw I have. Not good to be jealous, so I'm just going to pretend it's not there and, and push it down and put on this happy face and pretend that I'm happy for these two people. But you're not. Like, so, again, that's just going to cause more suffering because you, you first, in order to heal something, you first have to accept that it's there. And, um, and this is sort of a general, actually, problem with personal development is that we develop these images of what a perfect person is and usually it has to do with someone we think is very successful or very spiritual or whatever. So, oh, they're unconditionally loving. They're not jealous. They never get angry and all these things. They have all these qualities. And then we think 
then we just basically get mad at ourselves when any any qualities that don't match that arise and then um it basically you know it's like kind of what you what you uh resist persists so then you the more that you resist the fact that you're you do have anger and jealousy the more it stays around so it's kind of this counterintuitive thing both come to the same goal right both is the same goal of releasing the anger the jealousy but it's a different approach one is accepting that it's there and embodying it and letting it out versus um trying to just pretend it's not there and act more act actually act like you're unconditionally loving and and uh you know, nothing, nothing gets, uh, nothing triggers you and you don't get angry when really it's there. So first you got to actually accept that it's there and be okay with that, right? Like just, that's what, that's what it is. Like that you can't argue with reality. Like anytime you argue with what's going on, you're always going to lose, right? You're always going to feel worse uh, because again, it's a lie, right? Like, let's be honest. Sure. You may not like the fact that you have jealousy, but are you jealous? Like, do you have a jealous thing? Yeah, you do. So like, just accept that be okay with that and now we can move on from there right <laughs> so in this scenario you want to actually let that character out so let that character you know um say what it needs to say and, and i actually mean out loud and this is again why because you can say in your head if you need to again like i've had things trigger me at work where i literally did this in like a public restroom and <laughs> it was uh you know i obviously didn't didn't have the balls to um say it out loud there but, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so ideally you want to say it out loud and you want to actually like speak this character's voice out loud. Um, you could also do this in writing, but I find actually doing it out loud is, is even better. So you can be like, oh, I can't believe this person. So like, and again, it can feel embarrassing, um, even to yourself just to let this person out and admit that you actually do have this character within you, but it'll, it'll help you so much in the wrong one. So actually in the long run, so you can just say it out loud. Oh my God, I can't believe this person screwed me over. They're such an asshole. Oh my God. Like, blah, blah, blah. I always get screwed over. I always get screwed over. Like, like I'm, what do you think? I'm stupid. No, you're stupid. You know, just like whatever this person wants to say, let it out or or if it's the ex-girlfriend thing like oh oh like you you think this guy's better than me this guy's fucking ugly you know this guy's an idiot i could beat this i could beat the crap out of this guy um oh my god like oh you're you're just with this guy because you're, you're just reinforcing your own self-esteem and um you know you, you just you're not comfortable with yourself so you need to get validation from all these other girls or guys you know so it's just like we we just let that character like say whatever needs to say unapologetically and actually when you start saying that you'll probably notice the anger or the sadness um, increasing because it, it becomes less suppressed so you'll probably that's the second benefit of it in addition to letting this character out you are also enhancing whatever emotion needs to arise so think about this as the throwing up process <laughs> this is throwing up right if you don't do this part you never threw up and whatever's bothering you is, is still in there so this is uh this is the throwing up process